Don't forget to enter your campaigns into the U.S. Search Awards before early bird access ends June 18th. The U.S. Search Awards celebrate outstanding search across America, both paid and organic. These prestigious, glamorous awards are judged by an esteemed panel of industry leaders who use a rigorous two-step process to find winners. And when we say esteemed, we mean esteemed. They've got clockscrew nominees like Deborah Mesteller, Alita Solis, and Roger Monti. Martini Buster. Yes, and many more. With judges like these, winning is a really big deal. So head over to ussearchawards.com to enter your campaigns. Early bird access ends June 18th. Do it now, people. On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Are you ready for Snapchat's ghostly gaggle of new features? LinkedIn made a couple of eventful announcements for advertisers. Are monthly spend limits coming to Google Ads? Well, if you believe everything you read on the internet, then you probably think this one trick a week will keep you from ever having to wash your car again. (laughs) Want to know which Marketing O'Clock host is canceled this week? There's an app for that. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Mark Saltarelli. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on May 28th, 2021. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows on youtube.marketingoclock.com or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. And don't forget, you can join our Discord community at community.marketingoclock.com. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another show. If you haven't noticed, Greg isn't here that week. And if my memory serves me correct, the last time that happened, it was March 2020. And the entire world shut down the next week. So I'm just hoping for some better results. Wow. Has yeah. it been that long since it was just I'm the pretty sure, us? yeah. Yeah. That was my first episode. Oh, yeah. Congratulations <laughs> on being off to <laughs> a good start. <laughs> but anyway, I am so happy to be joined by Jess and Mark. Mark, what do you have going on this week? Oh my gosh. I was at the beach this weekend and you know how like planes fly by and have advertising. Or like and proposals. It's really obnoxious. Yeah. And I experienced a new form of beach advertising where a barge was driving down the beach in the swimming area with a electronic billboard that's promoting Mike's Hard Lemonade Seltzer. Yes. Everything but about that. It's just so <laughs> surreal. I'm in the swimming area. I turn around and then all of a sudden there's this giant billboard, but it was way too close to shore. I'm like this gigantic Mike's Hard advertisement's going to run over a swimmer. Oh my God. And then people are like mad at ads for like ruining Facebook and that's ruining the environment. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. How am I supposed to have a peaceful beach experience? I hate it. What about you, Jess? I'm just reeling from this hot date I went on last night. My husband and I went to a retirement planning seminar. (laughs) And I learned some things and I had a couple free drinks and cheese for dinner. It actually was really nice, but I plan for your retirement folks because it may not be that you live longer than you think, but you may have to retire earlier than you think. So that's the advice you learned. My hot tip. Yeah, that was my takeaway. That was like a really hot date. It was riveting. Well, I had, we have a lot of news to get to, but I had an experience this week that I am just like really passionately upset about and I need to talk about it really quickly. We went on a road trip and so many bugs died on the windshield, including cicadas because we went to the DMV area. The big cicadas were out. So like this huge one died on the windshield and we like went to the gas station, tried to wipe it off. It's still disgusting. So we went to the, I went to the car wash for like probably the first time in my life. And because we're not real adults in my household, like we don't do things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I could not believe, first of all, how long the line was on a Monday evening. Like these people are so sad that they're so obsessed with it. 
And then everyone's car was clean in the line. Like, why are you here? I like that you say everyone's obsessed with it just because they showed up, but you're there too. <laughs> this is my first time there, though. There's no way that everyone there had disgusting bugs in their windshield that they couldn't get off. I know a lot of people use it as like a therapeutic thing. Like, yeah. you know I mean? like you just roll through and after work and take a break for like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, maybe time. this is like going too far, but I feel like those people like have a bad home life. Like, why do you want to sit in this line? <laughs> Smells yeah, good. It, like if you're gonna sit in a line, at least go through like a drive-through so you get something out of it. If your car's already clean, why are you getting it yeah. cleaned again? Well, I literally you- got out of the line and left and didn't even go through the drive-through. So did you go to Delta Sonic though? That's a yeah. local chain. You yeah. get to go back within five days for another free wash. So that was probably just what those people were doing with like, the clean cars. Could it. you just be in a perpetual cycle of every five days? No, I think you just get one. <laughs> you couldn't pay me to go back. What a terrible place. Okay, well, the rest of the show is going to be more positive, is it? <laughs> we just lost all the car wash liker. Yeah. <laughs> Starting with a very exciting announcement, we dropped our May marketing a talk last week with Cole Soldwish, Pamela Lund, and PPC Kirk. We talked about Google Smart Shopping, a little bit of debate about if it's actually smart, and we have great tips from our guests about optimization, how to pull data out of the black box. It's a really great episode. You can find it wherever you are watching this. Also, if you want a shirt, please check Discord because I sent everyone a Google form to get your size and your address and a couple people have not responded. So Hmm. respond and get your shirt. Getting into the news this week, LinkedIn made a couple of new announcements for advertisers this week. First, they announced boosted posts. These seem to work just like boosted posts on Facebook. So you can boost a post directly from your LinkedIn page and it will create a campaign in your ad account that is associated with your business page. So that's awesome for anyone that doesn't want to set up an actual campaign, give it a test. I don't love boosted posts. Moving on. They also announced a new ad type for event ads for their virtual events. So these ads highlight important event details like date, time, and how to register. It will also show LinkedIn users if they have any mutual connections who are interested in attending the event. I think that that part needs to be reconsidered (laughs) because... These are virtual events, but like maybe they could move this into real events eventually as the world opens up. And that's like a surefire way to get me not to attend something. If like someone I really don't like, I see is interested in attending. Mm-hmm. Like they should rethink that. Yeah, it's bad for the person hosting an event, but it's good for LinkedIn as a feature to make <laughs> their platform better so you can avoid people. So it's yeah. really helping you out there. Like Marge is going, I'm out, you know? <laughs> What did Marge do to you? She went to the car wash. (laughs) (laughs) I just think they should really rethink that one. Mm -hmm. But they're also launching an event analytics tool that provides event organizers with metrics, such as total number of attendees, unique event visits, attendees' top job functions, and viewer account. I think that the job function part in particular is really cool because you can see, like, as the event host, who is actually attending your event what their job is. I think that could be really interesting information to dig into. What do you guys think of this? Mm-hmm. That's my favorite piece of it, I feel, because you could use that for targeting later on, or it's just really insightful if maybe the wrong people are coming to your event. Maybe you tweak your mm-hmm. wording on your event page or whatever it is that you do. I, I really like that. I think that that's, obviously you want to know how many people are coming. That's nice to know too, but the job function's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think as like a speaker, you can kind of tailor your content on what you're going to present based on who is actually RSVP'd using that information to make it a little bit more personal. But on the ad side, I love that they're doing this because I feel like one of the most popular things to promote on LinkedIn is webinars. Mm -hmm. So to have a specific ad type for that, I think is a really smart move on their part to kind of give more options for promoting a webinar. Yeah, I agree. I just don't want to know if Marge is going because I'm out if she is. (laughs) What else, Mark? Well, next up in the news, Snapchat recently held its second annual partner summit where they chatted about a slew of snappy announcements. And there are a lot here, so I'll try to keep it short and snappy, but no promises here. We all know that I'm a little bit long-winded and talk a lot. (laughs) 
Snapchat started the summit with giving an update on their users, and they're actually at 500 million monthly active users, with 280 million users being daily active users. And that is eclipsing Pinterest at 478 million monthly active users and Twitter at 353 million. And this is kind of crazy to me because I always forget about Snapchat. I stop using it. I say I receive Snapchats, but I don't really send them or I will respond to you. So it's crazy to think that there are that many more Snapchat users than Pinterest and Twitter, which are things I actually use. Yeah, I like forget about it until I still have my push notifications turned on for some reason. (laughs) And it'll get updates of like when people I do not talk to anymore have added to their stories. Ooh. Yeah, and it's like a blast from the past. And you're like, oh, that's someone I went to high school with. Yeah. Turns oh my off. gosh, it's a st- another story from Marge. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. <laughs> Sorry to any listeners named Marge. <laughs> no, we love you. In terms of the actual new features, the first one I want to talk about, which I also think will be the most important one for our listeners, is public profiles for businesses, which public profiles have previously only been available to creators, um, shows, and actual Snapchatters. So it's really great that they actually have this page functionality now like we have on other social medias. And this will allow businesses to have an organic presence on Snapchat and house all the content they're creating in one place. In addition to the actual new profile, businesses will have access to mobile and web management tools and analytics through their business manager. Any company that has a business manager account can sign up to have a public profile now. I just can't believe it didn't already exist. I that's what I was gonna yeah. say. <laughs> I guess because nobody really like has a profile on Snapchat. Like when you at least when I used to use it, you were just like sending things. It wasn't like mm-hmm. you went to see a profile, but like they're just always behind. Like what were you doing at the company just sending Snapchats to individual <laughs> users? It's probably why no companies are on there. Sad. Yeah. So this is the changing of the times. Yeah. Next up, they announced AR-enabled spectacles that will support full AR overlays so you can look through them and see a full virtual experience in the real world. Um, They aren't available to the public yet, but Snapchat announced that they're currently partnering with AR creators to, and I quote, reimagine the way we communicate, live, and explore the world together through AR experiences built in lens I just don't think this is going to be the difference maker for them, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, Again, just live like, in the world. <laughs> they're not the first person to make AR glasses. Yeah. And I've, do you ever see people using like Google Glass or anything? No. Maybe no. they can be the last <laughs> to make these glasses. <laughs> we don't need them. The last gray AR spectacles, as they call them. I appreciate that they use the word spectacles. Next up, they're moving their scan feature to the main home screen. And this one is interesting. You can use the camera. And the first thing they call out that you can use for it is to identify (laughs) hundreds of dog breeds. This has massive marketing implications. (laughs) Yeah. No. More than 600,000 plants and trees. And millions of songs and products. And songs the are cool. only useful one, I feel like, is the products, kind of the songs. But, like, we already have Shazam. Yeah. But so I really, the products that. is important. That has a marketing angle, and that's what they put last. But I guess they were saving the best for last. Yeah, I've really just been out wondering what kind of tree or shrub that was. And the dog's peeing on <laughs> right, it. It gives exactly. you all the info. All the info you need. <laughs> They're also improving their AR try-on tools, which are great for shopping. You can try on clothes virtually. And also in shopping, they are updating dynamic shopping lenses, which will include price and availability listings in stream, which would enable direct purchases from the AR tools in Snapchat, which is pretty cool. On the creator side, um, we talked about before how Snapchat was giving millions per day to Spotlight creators, which is their TikTok competitor. 
And they're going to gradually start decreasing that to millions per month rather than per day. And in replace of that, they're releasing a new feature called gifting, which will be their new main focus for creator monetization on Spotlight. And fans will now be able to send their favorite creators different stickers with different like I token can't. values Who as story replies. This? Everyone. Everyone no. does this everywhere. Where is this money coming from that they're paying the thousand, the millions of dollars? Like nobody's going to donate with these tokens. Nobody's advertising on there. Well, like I think the tokens like you as a user buy. Yeah, but like yeah. who's going to do it? Well, I know the kids because they yeah, make some the of the commission. I think. Yeah, it's all like like you'll log into a, a live stream and like there's where do the kids get money? Donations. I feel like it's the same Parents thing as doing like crazy. Patreon. Yeah, parent exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. no, Patreon, you have to like log in to unlock content. Mm-hmm couple years you might get a statement and see six hundred dollars snapchat couple years (laughs) the angle is hoping because it starts a conversation with the creator so i think you give them a sticker in hopes that they'll respond to you and have a conversation boy that's sad yeah say your name and it's your username okay we don't need this what else (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, the last big feature, which is really cool for small businesses, is that they're partnering with Ticketmaster and The Infatuation, which I did not know of before this, to add a connective layers option to the Snap Map. So instead of just seeing your friends who are for some reason sharing their location with you through Snapchat, (laughs) there will actually be other information on the map. So through the Ticketmaster partnership, this will allow users to see upcoming concerts nearby and actually purchase the tickets for those concerts through the app. And then the infatuation partnership will help snappers find nearby restaurants. That's nice. I don't know how you get this to work, but get on the infatuation and Ticketmaster, small businesses, and you can appear on the Snap Map. And rounding out the other cool new features are new camera and sticker kit tools, a story studio app, and advanced AR options like connected lenses, allowing users to interact with AR together. So if you're using AR, you don't look like a crazy person walking around interacting with nothing because all your friends are doing it too. Yeah. Any thoughts? I just, I have to say again, their whole marketing strategy was giving people money to use their product. I guess it's working for now, but like I just would never send anyone a sticker and maybe the kids would do it, but the kids aren't on Snapchat, are they? They're on TikTok. I think they're on both. Well, I think they're trying to get them on Spotlight. Some of the business features are cool, but it's like, we have to get people to use it first. And like, I don't see how any of these things are going to make people use it. <laughs> yeah. It's getting more use than LinkedIn stories. Yeah. As it should. No, I don't know. I like that they're starting to do more for businesses. I'm not sure that this is really enough to get folks to invest a lot of time, I think, into building their presence. But with 500 million monthly active users, maybe worth it. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Jess, what's going on over with you? So last year in the main news, if you like to control spends, you're absolutely going to love this. And I'm just going to read directly from Google here. Set a monthly spend limit across all campaigns. What? (laughs) Now you can set a single account level monthly spend limit to control costs across all your campaigns rather than set a budget at the individual campaign level. A monthly spend limit can be set and edited on any day of the month. Your campaigns will stop running as soon as the total spend reaches the limit and the amount of the monthly spend limit will then reset automatically on the first day of the next month. And if you haven't put two and two together, I'm talking about Google ads here. I love that. It's very exciting. But what I don't like is that I don't see it in any of my accounts. I don't know if you guys tested this, looked for it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Same. It's nowhere to be found. And I thought maybe it was an error with the setup instructions because those are not correct either. They say to go to billing under the wrench symbol, but billing is under a cog. They don't know their own platform. (laughs) But I went everywhere I possibly could have. There's nothing in the billing summary or the settings, the places that it says it is for a monthly spend limit. I looked in all my accounts, like I said. So it's annoying that they use the word now in this. Yeah. Because I want it now. Hopefully someone listening has it and can send us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's buried in a Google help 
article by the way like there was no announcement yeah like greg just found i don't know where greg found it but he like popped it in discord and it was like where's the news here at first and then i was like oh Oh. monthly billing yeah (laughs) it's just hidden under some heading about you can change when you're billed which this doesn't even really apply to is i don't know if it's just still rolling out and they put the cart before the horse and just publish the help it's exciting it makes so much sense i can't believe it hasn't happened before yeah i know and i can't believe they're actually trying to be nice to us yeah and not take our money but is this just a tease and it's not real yeah well so far and i read the whole article and we'll have the link obviously so you can read the whole thing but it does not say anything sneaky about and we might just spend a little bit extra here and there like it looks like it's a proper limit you hit this number you stop and i hope that's the case the way it's set up now is so stupid so stupid you can spend two times your daily budget and it's just messed up for like B2B clients, especially. Well, well, everyone wants to talk about money on a monthly basis. Like it's just the way every business is set up. And like if you have ads turned off on the weekends or anything like that, like it just screws up your billing completely and you don't know how much you're going to spend. So this makes so much more sense. And I'm just so here for it. I know. I feel like I'm going to check every day for the rest of my life <laughs> until I see it. Just is it to there? Get it. Yeah. Is it there? I know. No. Someone, someone's got to have it. And mm-hmm. send, it. So send it to us yeah. if you do. Maybe it'll be announced at Google Marketing Live, which... Yep. Yeah. Let us know on Discord. Old news for our (laughs) listeners. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's Take of the Week comes from Rob Bettis at Rob Bettis on Twitter, and he is quote-tweeting Amalia Fowler at Amalia E. Fowler on Twitter. And Amalia said, A Google rep asked to speak to my director because I won't talk to them about an account. Well, that's also me, so (laughs) don't know if you'll get any further. (laughs) And then Rob quoted that and said, Google reps are getting increasingly aggressive because the value they provide continues to decline. B, period, better, It's so true. Now the Google reps are like Karens asking to speak to a manager. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine? Literally. And I don't understand how you think going above someone's head is productive because if the person executing on it still doesn't have buy-in, like, why would they do that? Just because their director says so? Yeah. I don't know. I don't it know. seems suspect. Yeah. Like, the thinking is not there. And I'm just so here for, Amal- for Amalia being the director and just being like, it's me. Yeah. I love when someone's like, I want to speak to the manager. And you're just like, I, <laughs> I am, am the, the manager. manager. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I see why am I people from Dwayne Brown at Dwayne Brown on Twitter. He says, my client wants our agency to pay for ad costs and then we bill it back to them, dot, dot, dot. And he has an emoji of Eddie Murphy and it, you know, it's just pretty clear that Dwayne Brown thinks this is a bad idea and he's not doing it. Um, So this sparked a lot of great conversation. There was like a huge thread of responses. So Andrew Lolk said, say yes on these conditions, 10% fee, all ad spend is proof paid done deal that's how we do it um then mark irvine said he his biggest fear is that the last month if they ever choose to cancel their service he will end up with the bill which would not be good and then people were going back and forth saying do it and get the credit card points and then people were like weighing the pros and cons of like how much the points are worth anyway fascinating thread definitely something to consider um i know that we don't really like to do it here what do you guys think I don't love it because it's an extra layer of management. Yeah. Something else that you have to keep track of on top of the work you're already doing, which is far more valuable than making sure bills are paid and that you're staying within somebody's budget if they prepay. I don't love it. I'm sure it works for some people, but I don't like to work like that. I think the only upside for me is that it's so obnoxious when a client lets their billing information like be broken. I don't know if the right word is, but like if their credit card's declined or like it needs to be updated. Um, and then all of the ads are off and like sometimes it takes like a week for them to fix it. Yeah. That is really obnoxious. So I think that's the only thing that would really solve. But besides that, I'm kind of sketched out. It's just messy and like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to touch that personally. (laughs) 
The U.S. Search Awards are coming up on October 7th and are recognizing the best campaigns in SEO and PPC. A few of the awards up this year, best local PPC campaign, the best low-budget SEO and PPC campaigns, everybody's included, the best integrated campaign using both SEO and PPC, the most innovative campaign for both SEO and PPC, a lot of crossover here, best SEO campaign and best PPC campaign. They're also recognizing agencies and campaigns across different verticals and software. And this is put on by Don't Panic Events and We Are Search. And if you listen to the show, we know that you're a good marketer. So head on over to usearchawards.com to see the categories and apply. Early bird access ends June 18th. So if it's getting close, you better panic and head on over (laughs) to the usearchawards.com. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. Quick reminder before we jump into the paid news. We record on Wednesdays. It is Wednesday in our world right now. So if you are listening to this on Friday the 28th, Google Marketing Livestream took place yesterday on Thursday. If anything big happens, we will definitely let you know next week or join us on Discord where we share the news as it breaks. First piece of paid news, Andrea Cruz at Andrea Cruz 92 says, big news for LinkedIn ads. If you saved a campaign as a draft or are duplicating campaigns, but need to change the ad format, LinkedIn now allows you to keep the current audience rather than deleting all the filters you had already selected. Um, And she mentioned PPC chat and marketing by Mark. Yeah, I mean, if you have LinkedIn news, you have to mention the Mary Poppins of sales funnels. It's just not an option, you know? Hey, (laughs) that's me. I love, like, because Andre and I got into, like, we were getting into a competition of who would find new LinkedIn ads features first. I mean, she always wins. (laughs) But I'm I'm just a little bit excited when I find one before she does. So I think it's become, like, a habit to, like, tag each other. That's fun. About LinkedIn ads. So sweet. Mm -hmm. But the replies were funny because it pointed out that, it still has that problem where like their duplication feature got better. But the weird thing about LinkedIn is that like it uses the same exact ads when you duplicate the campaign. So like one ad will be in two different campaigns. So any like tracking you have set up, all of the like metrics on the individual ad will be in between the two campaigns. It is really funky. It's not like Facebook ads at all. Um, It looks the same kind of in that way, but that you will have one ad in two different campaigns when you duplicate it. So you have to still create new ads. And next up, Amazon's ad revenue is now twice as big as Snap, Twitter, Roku, and Pinterest combined. I just don't know how big of news this is because Snap, as I said, who's on there? Twitter is a completely unusable ad platform. Like people just are avoiding it at all costs. Roku, I have a Roku household. The only ads are on the Roku channel and the only thing worth watching there is Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, maybe my revenue is higher than Roku's. (laughs) 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 So it's like Pinterest is the only network that really matters here. And it's also such a weird combination. Yeah. It's not like you're comparing like e-commerce giants you just picked four ad networks yeah like roku is so random in there like what it's backwards math they just picked numbers that didn't add up (laughs) could have been anything so anyway now you know Hmm. and jenny marvin at jenny marvin on twitter had a big announcement this week she says starting today i'll be tweeting about google ads products and policy announcements insights and more from at ads liaison so if you don't already follow that follow it now you don't have to pause the show but just go follow it now (laughs) She says, I'll often reply from this account, meaning at Jenny Marvin, and will continue tweeting about digital marketing, food, TV, and whatnot here. I like get why they do this, like with search liaison too, because they want like the official account and like maybe somebody could do it after Jenny. I get it, but like it's so confusing when they're like tweeting from both. So I'm interested to see how she'll handle it. And next up, there were some announcements from Google Ads this week regarding app campaigns. So first of all, advertisers targeting Android users will be able to search prospects on desktop as well as mobile on the desktop version of the SERP as well as the Google Display Network. While the app ads will link to the Google Play Store desktop website, the store will allow users to install the app directly onto the device linked to their Google Play account. Here's the important part. 
Android app advertisers will be automatically opted into desktop beginning in June. Rude. That's literally so soon. Give us more of a notice. (laughs) And like, I just don't think it's going to convert well on desktop. I'm sorry. It just yeah, no. makes zero sense. You have to assume the person's logged into the same Google Play account. It's like people have a different account for their desktop and then on their phone if they're working. I'm also concerned about <laughs> the intent of the search because who is looking to download a smartphone app on their desktop? Yeah. So if they're it's even probably looking like a, for a mobile app, it's probably much more informational intent than actually downloading something. And the display is going to just run amok. Yeah, which is what they want. They want those (laughs) clicks. They love the chaos. They also announced event creation and modification will be possible within Google Analytics without requiring any code updates. I guess that's a big um, news for app people. Google announced the Deep Link Validator, a tool that helps advertisers validate deep links for their entire Android app and data-driven attribution for deep linked campaigns. I've never advertised an app before personally, but I had a really good idea for one this weekend. It's called Are They Canceled? And you can like search anyone's name and find out if they're canceled because you're always wondering. And for the app, you could do push notifications. So you can find out as soon as someone's canceled, you don't have to be behind. That's way better than your Snapchat push notifications (laughs) that you're still getting. I ship this. Yeah, Yeah, we should trademark it. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad idea at all. Right? I think we can probably develop that here at Cypress North. Probably. We probably have the capabilities. We should put in a request to the development team. It would be a great use of our time. Actually, I had this idea uh, my first time in a bar in like a long time. And I almost sent it in our random channel in Slack and I like had it typed out and I was like, this is a bad idea. Like a partner with like a YouTube news channel or something, you know? Like, yeah. That could make it work out. I was like, nobody wants to read this right now. I'll I just wish I had your show. self-control. Dang. I'm messaging that channel at like but three are all- and nobody <laughs> replies. Yours are great. Could you imagine if like you developed that app and it got really popular and then you became popular because of that, and then you got canceled. And your own <gasps> app is sending out the notification Rude. that oh. Christine's own hell is canceled. Then the app would have to be canceled too. Yeah, this is like a Black Mirror. And episode. wait, I'm sorry, we're going on with a tangent. But do you guys know Joanne the scammer? Yes. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> she could be like the spokesperson. You know, you really jumped out the window when you compared yourself to me. Girl, we don't even look alike, smell alike. We don't know none of the same people. We don't go to none of the same places. We don't even do brunch together. Wonder why? Because you are that and I'm this. You don't compare, but you don't compete. That's over. <laughs> it's canceled. I'll just show you Joanne the scammer um, after. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know this. And next up from John Kagan over on Search Engine Journal, competitor bidding strategy in search engine marketing. Wake up and choosing, waking up and choosing chaos. I love the title. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really long and detailed article. It's kind of another must read marketing article of the week. So I won't give away all of John's secrets here, but he tells you everything you need to know about competitor bidding. And you can find it on Search Engine Journal in Discord or a newsletter. So that is it for paid. What is happening in organic? Jess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First up in organic, I got big shoes to fill here. <sighs> Deep breath. Hi, Greg. For anyone racing to prepare for the mid-June rollout of the page experience update, let me get you up to speed on some recent advice from Google's own Martin Split. In an appearance on the Search Engine Journal show, he said that the ranking boost provided by the page experience update is something Google refers to as a tiebreaker. So it's a lightweight signal, which all else being equal will give you an edge. He also gave some insight into something that's been a concern, apparently, for some publishers with regard to core web vitals. When asked, this is a quote, this is the question, is the core web vitals update going to give people a break, so to speak, if they're using a third-party app, which is leading to their site having lower scores than than they would if they had no apps on the page? End quote. What Martin said, and there's a long quote, so check the link in the show notes, but I'll quote him a little bit here. I understand where they're coming from. The answer for all of these questions is pretty much the same. Just think about what we are trying to do with the page experience signal. What we're trying to do there is we try to quantify what makes the user have a good experience with the page. It doesn't matter what tools are being used, what libraries, frameworks are being used, if there's JavaScript on the site, if there's no JavaScript on the site, if there's apps on the site, 
blah, 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 blah. None of that matters. If it slows down the page, it's detrimental to the experience of the user. And where I said blah, 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 he named some more things. Mm -hmm. And he goes on to explain it some more. So yeah, whatever's on your page, whatever it is, it's on your page. If it's affecting the speed, it affects your score. In related news, Philip Walton of Google said at an AMA at IO that, quote, it is not the case that unless you reach the good threshold for all of the core Web Vitals metrics that you have to reach the threshold to get a ranking boost. That's not the case. End quote. He also (laughs) said, you will get a ranking boost for reaching the good threshold for all pages, but beyond that point, you don't get additional boost for reaching it even better. End quote. I can't. I know. I feel like people dissect the responses about the page experience update the way they look at like the constitution or the bible and like those debates you know what i mean serious it's like what did it all mean and this is why seos can't have nice things and as we said earlier jess bud you're a nice thing and i can't believe you're on organic (laughs) (laughs) i'm sweating already but you have you have a point right so if you get a b plus it's not going to get you any higher than if you then reach an a plus so as long as you're getting something good good you've done a good job but I don't think that I would get a B plus explaining this next one. I'm going to get an F minus. So I'm just going <laughs> to read some more quotes and then I promise the reporting will get better. So John Mueller during a Google office hours hangout was asked whether similar kinds of pages like category pages, for example, had aggregated core web vital scores. The actual question was phrased, you don't group URLs by type, do you? Because we've noticed something similar that category pages don't have enough Chrome views in order to give perfect data. But we get messages saying these are similar pages. That's not really it. Well, I guess it's a quote or a question with some sentences after it. But John's response was, this is a quote. Yeah, we do that. We do that with the Chrome user experience robot data, the field real world data, essentially when we try to recognize when there are pages that are similar enough that we could group them together. So again, a lot more detail and further explanation if you actually read the article, if this is of serious interest to you. But just some highlights there on everything going on with with the page experience update and core web vitals. Please, please, please subscribe to the newsletter or join the Discord community for links. Yeah. SEO chat. It's a wild place. <laughs> it's wild west. And please do not attack Joss. No. <laughs> yeah, don't you're not the one who either. came up with the page experience update. Yeah, no. It's, go- it's Google ruining the internet. Next up, the latest Elise did a Twitter poll asking for those who are using AMP on your sites, is the upcoming change in regards of the page experience update and AMP no longer being a requirement for your top stories, no AMP badge to be shown, etc. Will you make changes to your AMP usage and the majority of folks did just want to see the results of the poll (laughs) of the people that actually voted the majority said that they are going to remove amp so i'm a little bit sad that puns won't run ramp and anymore man but i had to squeeze one more in i will get over it it won't be the last one probably not All right, next up, Google News Showcase, which launched back in October, is rolling out to several more countries, the U.S. not being one of them yet, but folks in the U.K., Australia, Germany, Brazil, Argentina, Italy, Czechia, and India will now be able to see story panels from News Showcase partners on mobile, and desktop is also rolling out to all regions where the mobile version is. I can't see it being here in the States, and if you're listening here in the States and you want to get a peek at what it looks like, Search Engine Land did share a nice screenshot, and we'll have it up on the screen if you're watching us on YouTube as well. You can see what that looks like. Google also appears to be testing a new feature in the SERPs, a hear this out loud button in the featured snippet box, which is pretty cool. It'll then read the snippet to you. I like that. And a tweet from Google Search Central. They said, we are sunsetting the generic rich results search appearance in Search Console which included rich results that didn't have their own breakout row. This is not required anymore since we now have breakouts for most types. And if you want more information, they share a full post about that. But just FYI, if you're using that report, it's going away. And where Search Console taketh away, they also giveth via Matt Southern at Search Engine Journal, new data in Search Console reports on the appearance of practice problems and math solvers. Move over math, guys. The math solvers are here. Yeah. One plus one equals rejoice. (laughs) 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 Moving from math homework to research papers, Google has published research papers that may offer clues of what the mum AI is and how it works. And that is according to Roger Monty over at the Journal of Search Engines. Martini Buster. And yeah, I can't mumble about that anymore. So (laughs) we'll move on. 
Okay, kids, we miss Greg in his absence this week. So let's go back to our last episode and the story he covered where John Mueller said on Twitter that it is not against Google's webmaster guidelines to build content that is solely for building links for your site that's unrelated to your business. And the key there is solely for building links. So in that example, a lawn care company was creating broad content for links only on topics like the best city for new mothers. You remember that, right? Yeah. So in case you missed it, it's at about minute 47 in last week's episode, or you can check out the link in this week's newsletter. Barry Schwartz covered it on Search Engine Roundtable as well. So again, according to this tweet, it is not against webmaster guidelines to create content that naturally attracts links, even if it's unrelated to your business. But what about this post from Jim Boykin over at the Internet Marketing Ninja's blog. It tells a tale of a client of his who just a few months ago received a manual action penalty for unnatural inbound links, for links to a scholarship they were offering. One of those unnatural links was legit from a scholarship page on a .edu site. So the client that Jim was referencing had submitted a reconsideration request and was given three examples of links that were in violation, one of which appears to be from an EDU list of various scholarship opportunities. It's impossible to say if the link is unnatural or not, but according to Jim, and this is a quote, this is the first I've seen of Google penalizing a site for doing scholarship link building. Sites that have gone down the scholarship rabbit hole, beware, it's probably been filtered for years, but now it appears that it can get you penalized, end quote. So anything we say would be speculation, given that we don't have all the facts, but it was kind of along what Greg was saying last week. Like, is it a link scheme? If Jim's blog post is accurate and there's no reason not to believe him, then not only can those links not help, but they can hurt you, right? Mm -hmm. So WTH, an actual college linking to a slew of legit scholarships that can help fund education and cut down on student debt is against Google Webmaster guidelines, but lawn care company with the best cities for new moms isn't it shouldn't be well the first one shouldn't be it just seems like a double standard if it's true so if you want to play it safe i would say just skip it all and stick to the progress how greg says they're ruining the internet like nobody can link anywhere nobody knows anything i just helpful content for your users yeah relevant content (laughs) moving on it looks like there was another algo update for the Google on May 22nd. And Barry Schwartz called this one off the charts and he shares the charts <gasps> to back it up. He did that for us. Yeah, I probably oh, yes. see you, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. The most fun part, though, was not the charts. It was his coverage of the chatter from the SEO community around the update. And I love the optimism. Comments include another day. <laughs> I don't know if we can. That was, that was the quote. You can bleep me if you have to. Another comment was Google is now killing us all off. Worst week in years. Several consecutive days of trickle traffic and zero sales. Sadness. But good news, too. 2019 BFF of the show, Glenn Gabe, reported some surges. But he did also note just some general volatility in accounts. Aleda Solis was jazzed about performance. So much so she used the hard eye emoji and the muscly arm. Ooh, yeah. Wow. We'll have a screenshot of all of their charts, too. But then other folks are reporting the opposite. So moral of the story, as with every update, is just annotate, annotate, annotate. And again, that was May 22nd when folks started seeing this. All right. YouTube is updating their terms of service on June 1st, and we'll have the link in our newsletter and Discord so you can get all the details. The nice thing is, though, terms of service are always like legal speak, and this post breaks it down for non-lawyers, so props to them for making it easy for us all to understand. Sticking with YouTube, a new creator insider video this week said that videos on the platform will not be removed automatically just for being flagged too many times which are not exactly the fun facts I was hoping for when I saw the featured image of myth busting flags. (laughs) But I guess we'll just never know what the welcome pineapple really means. (laughs) So that will remain a secret. But what's no secret is what Google did in 2020 to work towards a safer and more spam free search experience. You can get all the details on those efforts in Wednesday's post on the Search Central blog. So you can head on over there for insights as well as cute pics of Googlebot and the spider friend. In Don't Hold Your Breath news, a tweet from Barry Schwartz, a.k.a. at Rusty Brick on Twitter. It just says, Google mobile first indexing migration is not 100% completed yet. I, that hero image, I think it's supposed <laughs> to be that she's praying for dear life that this all goes okay. But it looks as if she is praying to Google as if it is a <gasps> deity. Ew. Oh, great use of the word deity. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, check that out. <laughs> she must listen to the organic section. <laughs> not, not we should this have week. her do the news. <laughs> <laughs> Who is she? Does she worship Google? From Spotify as part of a new beta rollout, the platform will begin auto-transcribing certain exclusive and original shows over the coming weeks with the goal of going wider and making the app more accessible. And speaking of, in honor of Global Accessibility Awareness Day, Google has shared some tips on how users like you can help make Google Maps better. On the business side of that, tips include adding accessibility attributes to your listing. Why wouldn't you do that? More information to get people into your business. Love it, love it. Google AI has announced Kelm, which is a new way to reduce bias and toxic content while increasing factual accuracy. I love all those things. And if you want to really learn about what it does, you can read the article. But I know what the people really want and they want to know what the acronym stands for. Of course. Right? So Kelm, K-E-L-M, stands for Knowledge Enhanced Language Model Pre-Training. Where nope. is the P? It's wrong. No idea why it's not Kelm. They're both dumb. If the acronym isn't there, don't do it. Businesses on Yelp can now add an LGBTQ-owned attribute to their listing. Businesses identifying as such or who have selected the open to all attribute will be highlighted with a rainbow map pin throughout Pride Month, too, which is really cute. I love that. Next up from The Verge, Microsoft has built an AI-powered autocomplete for code using GPT-3. And the subheadline says the tool has a small scope but big potential. And That's I think... terrifying. Yeah, they just spelled bug wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Just doing basic code, any autocomplete is like always wrong for me. And I'm just trying to type and I type out what I want to type. And then it the autocomplete is also there. And then there's twice as much code as there should be. Hmm. And it's broken. Sounds like nothing could go wrong. I think a lot, I think like planets could be destroyed. I think we should run away from this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Speaking of planets being destroyed, Chef, I know you <laughs> cried when this news broke. Someone paid $761,000 for the Charlie Bit My Finger video as an NFT, and apparently it's being removed from YouTube. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so- still there though now, as of okay. like an hour ago from recording. I watched it one last time. That is just so 2021. Why would you? This is like the thing about like how art should be in a museum so everyone can experience it. Why are you taking that for yourself? And that is awful. Charlie's brother, I hope, got the money. I mean, it was his finger. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it said in this article where the money was going or it said that they didn't know yet. The family got the money, but I don't know what they're going to do with well, it. Well, good for them. I'm happy they can cash in on their fame and hopefully care for that finger. <laughs> it's but, been like 20 years. But, but what? <laughs> the finger is still disformed, I've heard. Really? No. No. We <laughs> didn't even cry. <laughs> That's the real news. Charlie probably didn't have teeth. The trauma. <laughs> oh, speaking of trauma, I am so done talking about organic. Mark, what is happening in social? Well, let's start off with some great news. Bring up the vibes after we lost a, a gem of a YouTube video. I have great news from the Twitter bird from Matthew Southern of Search Engine Journal. After four long years of being closed, Twitter is now accepting public applications for verification. So now we plebeians can apply to have a blue check mark like runner up for Greg of the Year mm-hmm. at Greg Finn at Greg Finn on Twitter. The application will be available from your account settings and is being rolled out gradually. I went to check right away and I don't have access yet. I'm not sure if any of our listeners do, but they said not to freak out because it's just randomly being rolled out to groups of users at a time. Twitter had this taken down for four years because people were getting confused and thinking that a blue check mark was an endorsement for Twitter that they were associated with that person and supported them when in actuality the badge is supposed to give accounts of high public interest um, kind of like a check mark to show that they're authentic they are who they say they are and that um, Twitter has done like a check to make sure that's the correct person with the new program Twitter has also offered guidelines on how you can lose your verification status so it can be taken away so if your account isn't active or not completely filled out if the position you were in so if you were a journalist um, that made you eligible for verification if you change positions so if you go from being like a journalist to something that's just like 
a content marketer or something like that, you could lose your check mark. Um, any attempts to impersonate or mislead users by changing your display name or your bio, and any severe violations um, of Twitter's code of conduct. Similar to before, um, you need to fit into one of six criterias listed in order to qualify for verification. So if you work for the government, if you're a company, a brand, or an organization, if you're a news organization or journalist, if you're in the entertainment industry, if you're in sports or gaming, or if you're an activist, organizer, or other influential individual. The other criteria is that you need to be active on Twitter within the last six months, which I assume like, if you're applying for verification, you can, yeah. you're active. Um, have a complete profile and have either a confirmed email address or phone number. Next up from Andrew Hutchinson at 80 Hutchinson on Twitter. Instagram is adding engagement insights for Reels and Instagram Live broadcasts. For Reels, Instagram will now include data on total plays, accounts reach, likes, comments, saves, and shares. And for broadcasts, you'll now be able to access data on accounts reached, peak concurrent viewers, comments, and shares. And lastly, they will be improving account insights and will now include more detailed information about your account's total reach and also improve the breakdowns for, um, for that information, including more flexible date presets. Previously, you could only look at it for the past seven days or the past 30 days. So now that'll be more flexible, like a calendar breakdown. And another story from our friend at Social Media Today, also on Instagram, they, to no one's surprise, are copying another popular TikTok feature with its new audio tab. The feature will allow users to search for songs from a library that they can use in posts, or they can find other reels that are using that same sound. I hope it's better than the TikTok one, because I don't know if it's just because I'm an old lady, but like I found songs are like unfindable on it. Is that a thing? Like you search by the name you think it is and it's nowhere. I I think that might be more that Twitter doesn't have like the licensing or not Twitter. No, um, it'll be one TikTok that doesn't have the licensing. Yeah. So people are like cheating and re like using mm -hmm. it a different name. Yeah. It just hard, it makes it hard. I, don't know. I know. For old Make ladies things. like me. Anyway, maybe Instagram will be better. I doubt it. Doubt yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's AD Hutch coming in clutch again. Twitter <laughs> is testing displaying super follower accounts to accompany the launch of the new feature that we previously covered. And the kind of the goal is to use social proof to help your total super follower count help you to attract more super followers. Like, and the example is from Jane Manchin Wong showing that she has 420 super followers. So Ooh. you're like, oh, these people are following her. Maybe I should too. Yeah. I think I feel like she should have more. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not even rolled out yet. I think this is like a mock-up. She will have more. Oh, oh she sure. better. Go, everyone super follow her right now. <laughs> you can't. More than a month. Yeah. <laughs> and from Sarah Perez of TechCrunch, taking it back to Instagram, they are launching a new Drops feature at the top of the shop tab where consumers can discover, browse, and shop the latest product launches, or as they're calling them, product drops, as well as seeing any upcoming launches and sign up for reminders of a product that you're excited is going to be launching. So any of you go-to-market people, this could be very exciting for you to take advantage to promote your products or your drops. And rounding out the social news, um, a bunch of major networks could be hashtag blocked in India coming up. Um, actually, it would have gone into effect on May 25th, but Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Twitter um, need to comply with the country's new intermediary guidelines that would require the platforms to appoint um, an Indian compliance officer to regulate on the platforms in India. And this will also be extended to some streaming platforms like Netflix and Hulu. So far, the only social media to comply with this is the Indian version of Twitter called Koo. And I'm like, who is Koo? But I'm kind of interested in finding out. Yeah. It's spelled K-O-O. 
So not like a coup d'etat. But it's like a, a bird noise kind of. I yeah, can see. tweet cuckoo. cuckoo. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. No, yeah. I'm, I'm cuckoo clock. Yeah. Oh, I'm a uh, fan. Okay. Yeah. I'm a fan. But yeah, I don't know. The major networks asked for an extension. I don't know if they'll get it. This could be very interesting yeah. because India is a huge country. Right. And just to not have like, those users could be insane for these networks. It's like TikTok 2020 all over again. Ugh, I roll. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work. Good, bad, or otherwise. This is just something that has always been, but really bothered me with something I was working on this week. You can raise bids to their bid estimates in Google ads, but you should just be able to set bids to their bid estimates. Like if your bid is already higher than the bid estimate, you should be able to lower it automatically. Mm-hmm. But Google yeah, lose money. Exactly. But like it would just make so much sense and I hate it. What about you, Jess? Something that doesn't make sense it usually does the auto replies in Gmail. I feel like usually it's pretty good. I had one this week. I received an email. We had a Zoom set up and I got an email that said I can't get into the meeting. And the first auto reply was just, that's weird. Like, what if I click that and sent? Like, that is so unhelpful. Like, I don't think they're ever <laughs> Sorry, good. client. It could be a Friday and I say, have a good. And it says week instead of weekend. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Or this this I, is bad. I've, yeah. had, I've had a happy Monday on like when I was typing happy Friday to someone. <laughs> So embarrassing. On a Friday. Do you have a hardly working or a working hard this week, Mark? Mm, I have a working hard. Oh, great. Oh, it's great. Right. And usually like, we don't trust Google's automation, but um, I found it very handy when mining for good display placements from my remarketing campaigns to Target and my prospecting campaigns that when you type in a website to add it in the placements, Google suggests a list of similar websites, and a lot of them are pretty good. Obviously, vet them first, but I think it's been very helpful for me in just identifying different options that I can add to my placement list. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is kind of a build your own tool courtesy of PPC Reddit. So this comes from Monique's Experiments, which is a tricky one to read without spaces in her username. (laughs) Anyway, Monique has a guide to how to use Google Sheets to create automated reports for Facebook ads for free. This is super sneaky and amazing. The first step is creating a Facebook app to get your access token and then It's just an amazing guide from there. She's a genius. She calls this a quick tip, but it's actually a full tutorial. There's also a 44-minute YouTube video that shows you how to do it. Her YouTube profile is Maker Tutorials. If you're as afraid of PBC Reddit as I am, you can go watch it there. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read article of the week is from Brian Dean over at Backlinko, Email Marketing, The Definitive Guide. This post really has everything you need to know to be successful in email marketing. It covers the basics of email marketing, how to build a quality email list, improving open rates and deliverability, making templates for different marketing campaigns, software and automation options, advanced strategies, and so much more. It was really helpful. I'm an email marketing pro, and I actually got a lot from this. Backlinko is always the best. We stand. (laughs) So head on over to marketingclock.com and sign up for our newsletter for the link to that full, wonderful article. Thank you, Brian. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show by signing up for our newsletter, marketingoclock.com slash news. And please be sure to subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a single episode. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode.
Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack. Today we will be doing a draft. It's a potato draft. <laughs> Everyone will draft potato-based dishes. Mm. Potatoes must be like um, 80 to 90% of the ingredients. And um, this is the longest episode ever, so we're each going to pick three. And we ruined Caleb's life today with the amount of edits we have, so he will be starting. Oh, how nice. And then we'll go in this order. I'm last. So okay. I just pick three straight up? Serpentine. Everyone understands? Oh, no, pick one. Oh, I'll pick one first? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know about a serpentine draft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, potato salad. What? what? Oh, my God. I cannot <laughs> believe that was the first pick. <laughs> I can't believe that was even said. What? Potato salad? My world is rocked. Really? I don't. Is this that crazy of a taste? That's a disgusting meal. I could eat gallons. Gallons of potato salad? Potatoes and mayonnaise. That should be the episode title. Gallons of potato salad. Wow, Caleb. No. Wow. It's summer. We're going to have barbecues and picnics and whatnot. That's the oh my god! Barbecue. I feel like I'm indifferent to potato salad. Yeah, like I could really? leave it there. I oh really god. thought I, I was going to I don't even have time socks. for that. <laughs> potato salad and you vanilla did. ice cream are Caleb's hallmarks okay <laughs> wow what a first pick okay oh. Jess. <laughs> i mean mashed potatoes yeah i was waiting for that yeah mark i'm gonna go with the best type of french fry in my opinion which is waffle fries oh that was a great mm. pick thank you um i'm gonna go with a nice baked potato with all the fixins. Mm. Oh, no. No, Serpentine. Yeah, yeah, you serpentine. go again. You go again. Okay. My next pick will be mashed sweet potatoes. Oh, <laughs> copier. <laughs> it's not a copier. Oh, yeah. Everyone write down your write list because you list. know I'm not paying attention. We'll have to read it back and then I'll We win. remember Caleb's. <laughs> Never forget. I'm going to go after this one of banana my land. favorite. This is not a good take. I can't. <laughs> oh, the Cavendish potato. Go on, Mark. So I'm gonna pick my one of my favorite types of pasta. I'm gonna go with the gnocchi. <gasps> oh, that was an inspired choice, Mark. That's I, deep. that didn't cross my mind. Wow, They're so good. you came to play. I wow. I love potatoes. In middle school, I was known for being obsessed with potatoes. People called me Potato Boy. <laughs> <laughs> really embarrassing part of my past. I'm like actually kind of proud of it. I'm Potato Boy. <laughs> Gnocchi dokey. Um, <laughs> can I get some baby red potatoes sauteed in garlic and butter, please? Mm. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with straight up tater tots. Oh <laughs> what? Is this bad too? No, that's great. Your delivery. Straight up tater tots. I don't know. No toppings. <laughs> I wouldn't pick that's tater tots. Have you ever had tater tot nachos? Yes. What? Phenomenal. Also known as tachos. So good. Tachos? I, have, I, I, I learned them from Kohl's, like the restaurant, not the store. <laughs> not the store. <laughs> the restaurant on Elmwood in Buffalo. We used to go a lot when we did our Friday lunches here pre-pandemic, and they had tater tot nachos called tachos, and they're so good, and I started making them on my own. Wow. I'm happy for you. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I can't ever have them again because Caleb has them. <laughs> you can still have them. Jess, what's your next you. pick? I want Arby's seasoned curly fries, please. <gasps> okay. For my last one, I'm going to go for a brunch staple. Um, but you probably think I'm about to say home fries, but it's actually cheesy potatoes. That's a good Ooh. one, too. Yeah. And rounding out the draft here, my selection will be just a nice steak fry. And notice how no one picked potato wedges because they're disgusting. Wait, though. Well, we forgot to serpentine, right? We did. I think I have one more. Caleb pick. gets another pick. Okay. He may pick the wedges. <laughs> he probably <laughs> will. The <laughs> best. You guys, Greg is rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> he messed up the draft. I'm going to go with, with, uh, with, with sweet potatoes straight up. What? Are you just going to eat Wait, I did a baked one. Oh, no, one. no. Like, it's a dish. Like or no, candy I said mash. Oh, Wait, you know, oh. Like, like a Thanksgiving. That's not straight up in candy. There's like some like there's some charred marshmallow on <laughs> top and like a maple exactly. drizzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now everyone read your list. Caleb, you go first. Okay, so I had potato salad, uh, tater tots, <laughs> <laughs> and um, sweet potatoes. It's a well-rounded list. Give me that. 
Uh, for me, mashed potatoes, garlic and butter, baby reds, and some Arby's seasoned curly fries. Mm-hmm. So I had waffle fries, gnocchi, and cheesy potatoes. And I had baked potato, mashed sweet potatoes, and steak frites. I think these are, I mean, you can't lose because they're all potatoes. I know. Everybody I love wins potatoes. potatoes. I had a lot of great ideas. Like, I could have done, like, 10 different potatoes that I didn't get to say. Like, samosas, croquettes. Oh, Ooh, samosas. Samosas. I don't know Home why. fries, like a loaded everywhere. potato, <laughs> potato pierogi. Oh, my God. The potato <laughs> potential is limitless. Potato potential, yeah. My and cousin yeah. Emily and I used to go back and forth to see and name different types of, like, potato dishes to see who would get stuck first. Wow, you guys, was she potato girl? We should have had her on the draft. <laughs> Basically, Mark was prepared. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to go eat some potatoes, and we'll see you next week. The U.S. Search Awards are open for entry. 2021 will be their ninth year celebrating outstanding search across America. Get your submissions in now because early bird access ends on June 18th. And you want to get that worm. The awards are judged by a team of international industry-leading search experts who follow a rigorous, ethical, and transparent two-step judging process. Enter your best work in the 43 categories, including SEO, PPC, digital marketing, and content marketing by June 25th. Winners will be announced at the U.S. Search Awards ceremony on October 7th. The U.S. Search Awards are brought to you by Don't Panic Events and We Are Search, both award experts who deliver search recognition around the world. So get in on this, people. Do it now.